0: Welcome to SF City Insider, a San Francisco Chronicle podcast on the people in politics making headlines in the city by the bay. I'm Dominic Fracassa
1: And I'm Trisha Tadani.
0: We're the Chronicle City Hall reporters. Uh, late last month, San Francisco woke up to find itself $415 million richer. The windfall unexpectedly came from excess money in a county education fund. In California, a portion of everyone's property taxes goes into a fund to help the counties meet a minimum state funding requirements for public education. That's where this money came from. San Francisco's consistently high property taxes combined with low enrollment numbers in schools meant the county had more money in the fund than it needed. The question now is where is all of that money going to go? There's no clear picture about it at the moment, but Tricia is here to help us make sense of it all and we'll be back to break all of that down right after this. Tricia, thanks so much for being
1: with me. Yes, I will make sense of it as best I can. All right, so let's
0: start. <laughs> let's start with the basics. So, what is this fund? ERAF is what I keep right. hearing here in City Hall. Tell us what this fund is, where this <laughs> yes. where this money uh, came from initially.
1: So, the actual name of the fund is very sexy. It's called the Educational Revenue Augmentation Fund. So, as you explained, um, we had extra money in this fund because of our consistently high property taxes. Um, you know, in San Francisco, our property tax roll has grown by 20% just in the last two years. Um, And so to put it simply, we had extra money in that fund, and now we're getting it back. Um, And so this is the first time that the city is getting this money back. And I do want to stress like the magnitude of this windfall, like $415 million is an insane (laughs) amount of money. Um, very fitting for San Francisco's area yes, code. Yes, very, well. very right, fitting. Right. Um, but so this four hundred fifteen million dollars, it includes the last two fiscal years. Um, so it's not like we got all this money from this current fiscal year. Um, City Controller Ben Rosenfield, he found it as he was like closing the books on the last fiscal year. Um, so he caught it basically at the last minute.
0: Now four hundred fifteen million dollars. Obviously, that's an enormous chunk of money. The city's entire budget this past year was a little over eleven billion dollars, mm-hmm. but. I think we should be clear that that's not all discretionary money, yes. right? So, so tell me, how much do the board and the mayor, who are really the the you know biggest decision mm-hmm. makers here, or the decision they makers? Are, yeah, here, they are, yeah, they are. How much makers. do they actually have to play with? How much right. is actually discretionary?
1: So there, so in our city charter, um, it mandates that when we do get a windfall like this, it has to go towards certain funds. So like for example, 38 million of this money is just going to go to municipal transportation agency. Uh, Remains to be seen what they're going to do with that. Um, and then another twenty-eight million will go to like public schools, childcare, new services, and then street tree maintenance gets two million. Very, very important. Um, so, and there's a couple of other things like libraries will get nine million. Um, but basically, that leaves the board of supervisors and the mayor with hundred eighty-one million dollars to spend, which is also still a lot of money.
0: Yeah, not not to discount that. So, so in other words, you've got charter mandated set asides right. and various mandates that will carve that that have carved away or will carve away. I that four hundred and fifteen million, yeah. and it leaves us with how much? One hundred eighty-one million. One hundred and eighty-one million dollars. Okay, so yeah. that's what the board and the uh, the board of supervisors and the mayor are gonna are gonna play around mm-hmm. with. So, what so far have they proposed to do with that money?
1: Mm-hmm. So immediately after we learned that we got this money at the end of November. Um, The mayor immediately said that she wanted to put it toward fulfilling the goals of Proposition C, which, as you remember, was the pretty contentious November ballot measure, um, which would tax big businesses to raise money for homelessness services. It is important to note that Breed did oppose this measure, but right now, um, which you're probably better explaining this than I am, but the money is currently on on some uh, shaky ground, right?
0: Yeah, that's right. So with Proposition C, the homelessness tax mm-hmm. um, that voters passed by over sixty percent uh, in November, um, that money will be collected by our city treasurer, but it's basically going to sit in Ben Rosenfield's mattress. Um, our until, city controller. That's ben. right. So it's it's going to be put on ice until further notice. So Prop C is actually one of three uh, recent recent going back to this this past June mm-hmm. a special election is one of three ballot measures constituting up to five hundred million dollars in annual tax revenue that's going to be put on hold because of some pretty wonky but pretty important legal uncertainties. Basically, our city attorney, uh, Dennis Herrera, another character in this saga, um, (laughs) last year he issued a pretty pivotal memo um, interpreting a state Supreme Court ruling to mean that from here on out, if citizens in San Francisco, as opposed to government officials, manage to put a, uh, a proposal for a special tax on the ballot, a special tax meaning a, a special or specific mm-hmm. purpose, that measure would only require a simple majority of votes mm-hmm. to pass. Now, that's in contrast to what has been... State law or or our understanding Of state law for over 20 years It's Mm -hmm. actually baked into the state constitution That uh, previously state law Had required a two-thirds supermajority A much higher threshold Much more difficult to pass a measure like that So city attorney uh, Dennis Herrera looked at a a State Supreme Court ruling called the City of Upland Ruling for short (laughs) and they interpreted That to say look we we think that We can interpret this and and defend the position That you only need a simple majority 50% plus one vote for a special tax measure to pass. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's not that's not a sure thing. The city attorney and, and his staff are a very talented mm-hmm. uh, legal team, and they're going to defend that in the courts. Um, this has fallen to, to legal challenges on a couple of different fronts. Basically, there are groups, for instance, the Howard Jar- Jarvis Taxpayers Association mm-hmm. have sued the city to say that's not the case. You cannot pass. You cannot... In in their estimation, contravene the state's constitution and pass special taxes. Right. They are not big fans of taxes over at the Howard Jarvis uh, <laughs> Taxpayers Association. You you can't use that rationale to pass special taxes with a with a simple majority. Right. And so that's what's at issue. Ben Rosenfield, the city controller, is concerned that we can't go around collecting tax money and spending tax money, more importantly, Mm -hmm. when we don't know if we're actually legally allowed to collect it, whether or not those ballot measures were legally passed.
1: Right, right. And then Prop C passed by 61%. Right. So it didn't get the two-thirds that it needed. It didn't get to two-thirds. It it was,
0: I mean, a a pretty clear... you know, a pretty clear showing by the electorate right. that they wanted this to pass, but not not enough to, to really insulate it from these legal yeah. uncertainties. So
1: long story short, like it, it was this unfortunate confluence of circumstances where the voters did pass Prop C, and now these businesses are going to get taxed. And but now we can't spend any of this money until all of this is resolved.
0: That's right. The controller won't authorize the funds to be spent. Mm-hmm. Because right. doing, doing so would essentially blow a hole in the city budget. I mean, we're talking about $500 million each year. Yeah. So if it takes, you know, two years for this to get resolved, that's a billion dollars. Right. You know, in three years, it's $1.5 billion. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's just not a tenable yeah. situation. And
1: and politically, I mean, this was pretty unfortunate for the mayor because she did oppose Prop C and then it passed and now she can't spend this money. Um, But, you know, it seemed pretty lucky that all of a sudden she got this this 181 million dollars that now she can help decide with the board of supervisors how to spend.
0: Yeah, that's right. The, I mean, it's uh, everyone. Everyone likes free money. Yeah, you know. And I mean, look, this was collected property taxes, so it's not like it just materialized out of out nowhere, of nowhere right? yeah, But but at the same yeah, time, sure, every, everyone likes a, yeah. a big payday like that. So so
1: anyway, so uh, as I was saying, the mayor, um, when we learned that we got this money, she immediately jumped and was like, "We should spend this. We should use this to get uh, a jump start." On meeting the goals of Proposition C because that's what the voters clearly wanted us to do, um, and now we have this money and we can we can start doing that. Um, so she in her proposal at last Tuesday's board meeting, um, she wanted to, wants to split the extra money into two chunks. So that's ninety point five million to the Mayor's Office of Housing and Community Development and another ninety point five million uh, to the Departments of Public Health and the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing. Um, so essentially that money would go toward like specific initiatives such as jumpstarting her pretty ambitious goal of adding um, 1,000 shelter beds by the end of 2020. And she'd also like to conduct a performance review of the city's existing homeless programming. Um, meanwhile, and what makes this all very, very interesting and is probably foreshadowing to a lot of the um, different uh, proposals that we will see in in the coming year, um, the progressive block of the Board of Supervisors want to divvy up the money um, in a more diverse way. They want to do $121 million for the Mayor's Office of Housing and Community Development um, and the Department of Public Health, so basically homelessness initiatives. And then $10 million to help meet some of the goals of June's Prop C, which is also wrapped up in these legal challenges. Um, and then $50 million to go towards reducing San Francisco's reliance on PG&E, which is also pretty interesting. And Dom is more equipped at explaining than I am.
0: Yeah, this is another <laughs> this is another arcane one. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think what the supervisors are trying to do here, and I think well, it's Explicit. Actually, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not really reading between any lines. It's <laughs> to to essentially make the city more independent from PG and E. So how how do they how do they want to do? And that? And this well, is
1: obviously in light of they they've been wanting to do this for a while, but it's the concern has been heightened by the devastating campfire that happened up in Butte County. Camp- yeah, recently. I mean,
0: obviously that's put a magnifying glass on yeah. anything PG and E related, but to, this sort of um, draws back to a number of instances over the years where it's come up that PG&E, and and thinking from the city side here, or talking, Mm -hmm. uh, sort of um, uh, 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 giving the city's perspective on this, what what they believe is that PG&E has, on numerous occasions, Mm -hmm. over a dozen that we know about right now, has been essentially obstinate and has been making it difficult for the city to turn the lights on Mm -hmm. at a number of different public safety facilities, public housing facilities. um, Even like
1: public bathroom, like a public bathroom.
0: That's a a great example, where there was this one, um, I think, single stall uh, uh, bathroom toilet facility for um, MTA bus drivers. Bathroom toilet facility. Yeah, well, (laughs) uh, it's a toilet, and it needs a little bit of electricity. And basically, under the guidelines that PG&E had rolled out at one point, Mm -hmm. they were requiring that bathroom to be able to handle the electricity load of essentially Zuckerberg General Hospital, mm-hmm. of an enormous hospital facility with much higher power demands than a single stall bathroom, yeah. and so that didn't make sense to city officials. Now P- PG essentially has said that look, what what San Francisco wants to do is transmit its clean power SF electricity, which is generated from Hetch Hetchy in mm-hmm. uh, up in Yosemite, is mostly primarily. It wants to send that power over PG&E's transmission line. So there's Mm -hmm. this weird kind of gnarly relationship between the city and PG&E that stems from this kind of... It's not really shared. I mean, it's PG&E's infrastructure, but San Francisco needs to use it to Mm -hmm. deliver this power to Clean Power SF customers. Okay, PG&E interpreting some very arcane federal law mm-hmm. says that essentially San Francisco needs to have some skin in the game here if it wants to use its transmission lines to send uh, um, energy, to send a wholesale mm-hmm. uh, a discounted energy across its lines. And one way to do that would be for San Francisco to own some electricity infrastructure, right. which is what this $50 million from the Board of Supervisors would go to, yeah, if they I'm not would mistaken. put a
1: down payment on this
0: to equipment. buy to buy some of the equipment. Now the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission hasn't said yet. They really didn't really have an estimate as to how far fifty million dollars would go, yeah. how much equipment it would buy, how much independence this money would buy. But suffice to say, there are projects that are being held up between because of disputes between the city and PG and E. Um, and, and not insignificant ones. Bal- the Balboa Pool was one years ago. The Noe Valley Town Square was another mm-hmm. one. Um, you know, a children's museum uh, right. in, in some cases. These are all been tied up and extended because of, because of this dispute, which buying the equipment would hopefully help to alleviate mm-hmm. a little bit.
1: Yeah. So in the middle of these two proposals, which, like I said, were at the—they um, were proposed at the last Board of Supervisors meeting— um, you know, so the mayor obviously wants to spend it all on homelessness initiatives, and then the supervisors have their own ideas how, of how they want to spend it. Um, and then last week, at the end of last week, as um, you and I covered with our colleague Jill Tucker, there's a new wrinkle in all of this. Um, so now, obviously, you know, you have $181 million that you can spend. Um, and everyone's raising their hand and saying that they want a slice of this money. Oh, go figure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the latest uh, coalition to raise their hand is education advocates. So what they're saying is, you know, this is an education fund. Why aren't we getting a slice of this money? So then last week the school board they had said um, that they want some of this money to help them pay for some teacher salaries that they had uh, that they had increased last year. Um now the salaries were supposed to um be funded by proposition G which was in June, correct?
0: That's right. Yeah. Yep.
1: Um but that also as you explained earlier is mired in, in legal challenges. So yeah, so now they want a part of this money to help fund these uh teacher salaries that they said that they can they can no longer afford right
0: so so what is going on at San Francisco unified mm-hmm. is that there was proposition G which passed with a simple majority vote right not a two-thirds vote it's a, a 298 dollar parcel tax for mm-hmm. property owners that would go to fund about 50 million dollars a year in uh, San Francisco unified teacher salary increases teachers right. are woefully underpaid in San Francisco which has an astronomically high cost of living mm-hmm. the teachers and the teacher union are psyched about this uh, 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 this wage hike as anyone would be because it you know helps with attention and retra- attraction of teachers right. uh and, and it's generally seen as pretty important so prop g is one of those three propositions those special tax measures that is tied up in this legal uncertainty mm-hmm. so last week we found that there has been a uh, you know a challenge filed against it in court right um it's again could be years before the the tax mm-hmm. will be dispersed. The money's already being collected by the treasurer. Right. But again, it's being put on ice until we know for sure yeah. that, uh, you know, it's got the green light to be dispersed.
1: Right. So now these school officials are seeing this windfall as a potential solution.
0: Exactly. So so again, the, what happened was the San Francisco Unified has been paying its teachers mm-hmm. this money they've been doling out the raises waiting for the legal clouds to clear Mm -hmm. and the prop g money to start coming in and that would be their funding source for these raises in perpetuity yeah so london breed of some months ago sent a letter to uh uh, vincent matthews the superintendent Mm -hmm. of san francisco unified and said look i don't think it's really a good idea that you start paying these wages we don't know for sure if the courts are going to agree with us if with uh, with city attorney dennis herrera's Mm -hmm. interpretation of this whole thing and whether or not we're ever going to have this for Sure. And yeah. so San Francisco Unified, of course, can't fund $50 million a year in raises forever, right. you know, without this stream of money.
1: Right. But it's also important to note that this ERAF money is one time funding. And right. so, you know, even if they did put it toward salary increases this year, it's not like it's guaranteed for the next year. As that's well. right. That's right. They, so they can rely on it.
0: That's right. I mean, they are getting a chunk of it already. Right? Yeah. As you said, yeah. The, some, some of the charter mandated set asides will go toward towards san francisco right. schools so
1: i think it's about they get about 50 million um half of which is going to go into like reserves for them um, the public mm-hmm. school system but still the school officials says that that's that's not enough sure. and um you know i spoke to a mom or a couple of moms who are like we just need basic infrastructure things like keyboards and laptop access like there's no shortage of things that these public schools could spend this extra money on right so this is all basically going to play out in the next year when we have a new board of supervisors. So we have three new people coming on, uh, Matt Haney, uh, Shimon Walton, and Gordon Marr. And Matt Haney and Shimon Walton are both former presidents of the Board of Education. So you can kind of guess where their priorities are going to lie and where this money goes.
0: Yeah. I mean, just, just as a quick recap, I mean, this, this whole universe is actually kind of related. You know, you, we've got these tax measures that are being mm-hmm. held up, We've got this, you know, one-time, you know, avalanche of money that the city is trying to figure out and fighting over what to do with. Mm-hmm. And we've got teachers who have been getting raises, and who the teachers' union and the school district sure as hell do not want to stop yeah. that flow of money to teacher raises. Right. And and so now that is what is bringing folks out of the woodwork.
1: It is also important to note that um, our city controller Ben Rosenfield he is working with the state controller's office to see if we're owed more money from previous years because. Like we said earlier, excess ERA funds are a sign of really, really high property taxes, which we obviously have, um, and low, relatively low student enrollment. Mm-hmm. And we've had that confluence of factors for years. Yeah. Um, so it would just make logical sense that we are owed this money. Um, so, you know, who knows? We could have, we could be fighting over another chunk of money. and <laughs>
0: And so how, so, how long are we going to? Uh, well, you and I, Trisha, won't, won't be fighting about that, I don't think. Who knows? We'll just Maybe, be covering. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Who knows? Maybe we'll put our hands up too. No. Um, yeah, journalists should get. Yeah, their money I, too. I agree. I agree. I, we could use a new coffee maker in the office, actually. But <laughs> True. Um, so, barring that, though, yeah. how long are they going to fight about this? When will? I mean, they're about to go on recess. Yeah. And we're about to lose, you know, districts supervisors in district, you know, four, four, six, six and ten. And you know when when are they going to vote on this? when is this going to come to a head?
1: Oh, it, it could be months. It's you know they it's a really really long tedious process. I mean there has to, it has to go through committee and then there's going to be public comment, which I'm sure mm-hmm. will be these marathon hearings because like we said, everyone's kind of raising their hand and has their own opinions on where this money should go. Um, but you know it, I, I think it'll start right after the new year, and this is going to be one of the first major tests of of the new board of supervisors. Matt Haney, Shimon Wallen, and Gordon Moore. They but all three of them told me that they would um, support this extra funding for schools. But who knows when, you know, you get all these backroom do- deals at the Board mm-hmm. of Supervisors, how those priorities are going to shape up.
0: What, what about supervisors in the odd number districts who are going to be sticking around after January of, mm-hmm. of 2019? Have they given any indication as to whether or not they're open to, you know, setting aside more for education, mm-hmm. for example?
1: Yeah. So, who was it Norman Norman Yee um Hilary Ronan and Supervisor Mandelman who are all on this um proposal the supervisor's proposal Mm -hmm. um I asked them and they all had they were all a little um cautious they kind of danced around the answer as supervisors (laughs) sometimes do um they said they'd be open to the discussions but they were like their schools are already getting a good chunk of this money um and each one of them said that they would need a really really good argument as to why they would need even more
0: well that's really what the the mayor's office says as well these conversations are only beginning yes and so we've got opening gambits we'll you know we'll see who's willing to uh to give way one way or the other Mm
1: -hmm. yeah so it'll keep us definitely keep us busy for the And next and we'll wait until
0: absolutely and we'll yeah. wait till the freshman supervisors come in for this probably really to to kick into gear yeah. come yep. come early next year. Mm-hmm. All right, great. Trisha, thanks so much. All right. San Francisco City Insider is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the Editor-in-Chief, and Dominic Fercasa is this podcast's producer. If you like this show, please subscribe and give us a quick review wherever you get your podcasts. Support San Francisco City Insider and a lot of great journalism with a print or digital subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.